On episode 42 of DevTalk, I speak to Veronika Kolesnikova about AI and machine learning. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is Veronika Kolesnikova. Veronika is a backend web developer, a public speaker, and she's also co-organizer of the Boston Azure user group. So hello, Veronika. Hi, good to be here. Thank you for, for agreeing to be my guest today. You are co-organizer of the Boston uh, Azure user group, so that means you're in the Boston area. I'm in Germany. We're six hours apart. This is evening here. You've got an afternoon. And I hear you have got a, a meetup planned tonight at, for the user group. Yeah, that's right. So we moved our um, meetups online, and now we're doing them virtually. So that's exciting that we still can share knowledge and invite speakers from all over the world. But at the same time, I personally miss people and miss meeting people. Yeah. <laughs> But by the time this airs, the meetup will already be over. Is, is that being recorded? And do you think it's going to be accessible afterwards? Uh, this is, we're recording on July 16th. Yeah, we uh, created a YouTube page and we usually record pretty much all of our meetups and post them there. Um, if you're interested, I can share the link. Okay, cool. I'll add that to the show notes. So I heard you are into AI and machine learning. And I am this, this is a topic that's pretty new to me. And I was wondering if you could explain just on a very high level what AI and machine learning is and what the difference is. Yeah. Usually people are confused about AI and machine learning, and um, it doesn't help that uh, both of those terms, they have lots of different definitions. And in general, AI is um, like an umbrella term, um, and it is something that uh, humans are good at and machines are not. <laughs> so we mm -hmm. as uh, developers or machine learning specialists, we are trying to use different techniques to make machines mimic human logic. Mm -hmm. And that's AI. Uh, machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence. And for machine learning, we are combining statistics and development and Based on those specific techniques and the data that we have, uh, we can make machines learn from their experience and based on that experience, uh, perform some kind of action, provide some kind of information, whether it's prediction or object detection or any other, other options that are available for machine learning. Mm -hmm. Well, in my dev, dev job, I work in projects where like, you have inputs and outputs and everything is very deterministic. You, uh, you input uh, this data and uh, you can write a unit test and it will always output this result. And um, it seems machine learning, I, I, I guess when, if, you, if you input like a, a picture or, or some text, it will always output the same same result but if if i show it like three pictures of the same person it, it might not always say that that's the same person it, it, it it's just it seems like it's a little bit more ambiguous 
how should I explain? It's 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 uh, not not as deterministic as the the normal programming is. Is that right? Yes and no. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there are lots of different techniques that um, machine learning experts are using, um, and uh, usually I think that's the uh, most used techniques. I personally use that and uh, actual people who do research and machine learning for their day-to-day -day work, uh, they do it too. So we get a data set and then we split it into two parts. And one mm -hmm. part is for actually machine learning and to create that machine learning model. And then in order to test the model, uh, we are using that second part that we put aside at first to make sure that the model is returning correct information that it is actually it is actually learning and it learns something and it provides correct information the main the main piece that varies there is the level of confidence the model can return correct result and say okay maybe on this picture we have a cat, for example, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the level of confidence may be low. So it is not acceptable for, and again, depends on uh, where you're gonna use the model, but usually the higher level of confidence, the better model is. And we usually have some kind of threshold. So we kind of remove all the data uh, that has, um, low confidence level uh, so mm -hmm. when we see that okay maybe the result is correct but the level of confidence is really low that means that we might need to change the type of that model uh, we need to train more the model something's not going right so i think the level of confidence is that the number that we can kind of plan on or push from <laughs> mm -hmm. but in your right uh, um it is not black and white it is yeah yeah that's what more, i meant yeah yes it is more no it's it's learning um, and it's like me and you when we're learning we might miss sometimes some things or learn something incorrectly or forget some things same mm -hmm. thing with machine learning. Yeah, I meant if, if I write uh, a code uh, 3 plus 5 and it, it doesn't output, uh, it's 9 with a confidence of 20%. It, <laughs> it just always outputs 8. But, but uh, let's take a step back. You, you mentioned uh, training the model. Uh, this is the first step. The first step is you have to create a model. And you create the model by training it, right? Or how do you go about doing that? Um, yeah, so that is not the first step. Let's <laughs> okay. go, go to the first step, please. <laughs> okay, so it all starts with uh, data. Mm -hmm. And data, that is uh, in the core of every model. And I will never stop talking about that, how data is important. So usually it's garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> yeah. um, the data should be up to date. It, shouldn't have any bias uh, we need to make sure that it's normalized and there are lots and lots of different techniques to make sure that the data is correct and it can be used for training a model 
then when we have accurate data, there are, there are also lots of different options what we can do with that data. We can either use pre-built model, like for example, we have cognitive services, we can use um, the ones that we can customize and just upload the data that we have mm-hmm. to already train model and um, kind of uh, improve that model uh, using our data and make that model more focused on um, the data we provided. Um, or we can train the whole new model. So for that, we need to, we can use AutoML. So AutoML will pick the best model type and algorithm type for our data. Or if we are experienced and we know what we're doing and we know um, how it all works and what's the best option there, we can try different uh, types of algorithms. And um, based on those types, uh, we create a model and that model can be used anywhere in all kinds of uh, applications. Okay, okay, let's take a step back to the data. You mentioned one example data was the, the picture of a cat. A lot of times I see images. I don't know if this is just in the in the samples or if that's also if, if that's a like big uh, field of application for for machine learning, but you have the data and the data consists of some information, in this case, for example, a, a picture and some basically raw data and also uh, of the 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 correlation so you have to input that this is a picture of a cat right mm-hmm. and then you have other pictures where it says maybe dog or it says not cat uh, and then it will learn uh, the when when building your model you learn from the data you input that pictures that look like this are more likely a cat and pictures that Look differently are not cats, or, or for that example, I guess. Uh, yeah. So we have data with labels. If it's a picture. Um, okay, labels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're labeling the data. I don't have kids, but I assume that's how you teach kids. So you tell them, okay, this is a cat, and then mm-hmm. a kid remember that that's the cat. And then you show cat of another breed. And then you say, okay, that's a cat, but that's another breed. Um, so it depends what what kind of model you are trying to create and what you're trying to achieve. If it's classification or you just need to determine if it's a cat or not a cat or you know, with classification, if it's uh, one type of cat or another type of cat, or maybe if it's a cat or a dog. So there are lots of different options, but usually, yeah, when you uh, provide data, you're also uh, providing labels for the data, and that's how your uh, model is learning. And, and what, what are the types of problems I can solve with this? Sometimes when I see a, a feature on my phone, like today, it, it suggested to me to show a slideshow of one of my kids over the years. And I never told my phone which pictures have which kid on them, but it was it was exactly uh, there was the, no there were no mix-ups, only pictures of one kid in in this slideshow, and this is something I I, I say it's got to be machine learning or or AI or what what would you call that? Yeah, 
Yeah, there are so many different options. I, um, a couple of years ago, I think I was shocked that my iPhone uh, learned uh, where I live. So that was a little creepy mm-hmm. for me at first. Uh, but then I realized that it kind of learned from the places where I went yeah. uh, using the map. And probably if I spend lots of time at that place and spend like evenings and nights at that place for extended period of time, that probably is my home. And this is something a human does easily. Like if they see you every day going into this office at nine and leaving at five, they're going to assume you work there. Yeah. And and for a computer, this used to be a hard problem. But nowadays we have a solution to this problem, I guess. Yeah. So it learns from data. And um, we have lots of data. We are providing data every second through our phones, we are always online, we have social media, so we share the pictures and information every second. Um, And with that huge amount of data, it is getting easy to learn more about a person or behavior or about objects. Um, so that's a good thing, and it's a bad thing sometimes uh, when you're concerned about your privacy. Like me, a couple of years ago, when I was shocked that my iPhone knew where I lived. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, or there are, are companies that are doing face detection, but just just show the, the software one picture, and it'll tell you who that person is without knowing any other information. Yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of spooky. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, um, I don't have one answer if it's good or bad. I guess it, we'll see. We'll see where it all goes. But um, I'm I'm glad that technology is moving forward, and we yeah. can do um, awesome things um, using machine learning. So we have this data, and we it's classified or labeled, and we use what technology do you use to make a model out of that um we are um we can use different tools um so we have lots of different uh languages uh, just like we are writing code to um to create like a website uh, mm-hmm. we also can write code to uh, get data and train the model and create a model I think Python is the most popular uh, language for machine learning. I unfortunately don't know much about Python. I will learn it eventually. That's my plan for maybe this year or Mm -hmm. early next year. Um, But for now, I I started with uh, ML.net. That was relatively new for uh, public but um, inside Microsoft. So it was was developed by Microsoft and it is um, a framework that C-sharp and F-sharp developers can use to uh, work with machine learning and create models Mm -hmm. and um, do all that fun machine learning stuff. Um, So I started with that since I didn't have to (laughs) learn a completely new language and it was really convenient and also they have UI 
tools that are currently implemented into Visual Studio. So I don't even have to install anything in addition. And um, I can use the UI tools that, that are out of the box and they are based on um, our ML. So they help a lot, especially I, I don't have actually official education in machine learning. Um, I, I had a course in school uh, regarding machine learning, but at that time actually it wasn't popular. So I didn't pay that much attention to that, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, so for people like me who are just starting and trying to learn and slowly progress, ML.net is perfect. And then later on, it can be connected to TensorFlow and can be used with Onyx and other tools that are available. And when you input the data, sorry, going back to the data, mm -hmm. do, do you filter that in some way or do you apply transformations to the data before feeding it into your algorithm? For example, if, if I'm looking, thinking of an image, if if I just take the bytes of a, of a JPEG file and try to build a model out of that, that wouldn't work because it doesn't know what, what the bytes stand for, that they stand for pixels and for colors. So it has to know what that this is an image and then that the, I guess, how wide is it, how wide it is and how, how tall it is and how how they relate to one another. And and I'm, I'm assuming you try to apply some form of a transformation to, to make it easier for the, the algorithm to learn something out of it. Is that true? Yeah. So data, I already mentioned that data should be cleaned and normalized. Mm -hmm. And there are several techniques that, data scientists um, are using, but if people are interested in uh, just you know, checking out machine learning and um, they just starting out, they don't know where, um, what, what specifically they need to do with data, then there are lots of options uh, to find data online that is already uh, mostly clean. It doesn't mean that they can just grab it and use it, but mm -hmm. um, they don't have to do as much as they would do with um, raw data that they just got from their client. Yeah. Okay. And so we we have the data. We we create a model out of the data, and the next step is then using that model to predict something from that model. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, there are lots of different options that can predict. So it can look and tell you, kind of tell you the future, or it can actually, for example, um, again, part of cognitive services, they detect um, anomalies. So based on the past data, when they mm -hmm. see that something is off, for example, uh, you, you, you write in the blog and usually you have um, 10 people reading your blog post, but suddenly you got 150 people reading your blog. So that is kind of anomaly. And so mm -hmm. you can use machine learning to actually send you um, that information and actually bring your attention to that and say something is wrong. So I provided really basic example, but if you have something more serious, like you have 
uh, some kind of machinery and um, you are getting some kind of data from that machinery and something is off, then it's important to know about it um, as soon as possible and know that it is off. So you, you don't have to sit there and just watch it 24 seven. Mm-hmm. You just kind of pass that data to machine learning and then it, it will det- determine uh, that something was wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much or which part of the work is on the uh, on the model creation side and which part is on the using the model side. So let's take the example of my phone, which showed me that slideshow and correctly determined pictures of one of my kids. Is the, the building the model, is that something that a scientist or data scientist uh, at, in this case, Apple did? Uh, and this is a model that will that can detect or differentiate people or was there a model built on my phone inside my phone that is then used to detect pictures of one of my kids or or do you, or are there are both ways applicable yeah so um i think that is um your example is classification mm-hmm. so it just uh, learned that is that is the model itself can determine uh, that that picture is of your kids and another picture is of you and other mm-hmm. people um, so that is that part is from the model but to uh, present it and to kind of process that um, information and then uh, do something that, with that information. Mm-hmm. That is the code and uh, the software that that is around that model. Okay, and uh, but you think there there was actually a model being built on the phone uh, for one of my kids? And and now that I, that I come to think of it, it did present to me nine pictures where it asked me, "Is this also this person?" And I it was correct, and all nine pictures were correct. And I said yes, and this probably flows into so so that must mean they must create a model on the phone uh, for my kid, right? Yeah. So it is not specifically for one of your kids. It is probably for all people oh. that you took pictures of. Yeah. Uh, okay. and, and they know that the model knows that that person is that and this person Makes sense, is yeah. this uh, mm-hmm. but see the again going back to um, level of confidence um, that is up to that software that is around the model to say to say okay we have that kind of threshold and if the model is only probably 30 percent sure then we're not gonna we're not gonna use that result because it's irrelevant but if the model is 90 percent sure then that's probably the correct result and we can use it and show. And then the example when you um, when you told me about that nine more pictures, that actually, that probably was used to improve the model mm-hmm. and make it better. So it will be more confident in determining some people on the pictures. Okay. Yeah, but for other things, probably my phone has a pre-installed model and just applies that model to figure other things out. Maybe not pictures of my kids, but other things, right? Um, Yeah, so it can be on your phone or it can be somewhere in the cloud 
mm-hmm. uh, Apple servers. Um, right, that, that's the, the, the uh, Siri, for example, or dictation. That's typically done in the cloud. And then yeah. they, they, have, they apply the model there. Yeah, okay. But th- that's probably also constantly evolving. Yeah. Yeah. So usually um, companies uh, try not to train the model on your phone because that is really space consuming and sometimes time consuming. Uh, mm-hmm. It might just drain your battery <laughs> really fast. Um, so yeah. that is usually for bigger models and um, the models that probably need to be retrained or updated constantly, that's not what people usually do. Uh, but sometimes uh, you need to have that machine learning uh, cap- capability uh, when you use your phone offline. So if you're not mm-hmm. connected, and in that case, uh, you probably want to store that model um, on your device. Okay. And I know the uh, staying with the mobile phones, that the vendors of those, like Apple and Google, they have put out machine learning libraries and they also have dedicated hardware or, or chips or, or co-processors that are uh, optimized for, for doing machine learning tasks. And, and do you know if, if these are just applying model, they're, they're optimized for applying a model, or is this also for creating models on the phone? Uh, you can create model on your phone. Um, mm-hmm. It is just not typically what is used because, again, it is just, just going to drain your battery really fast yeah, yeah. and um, take lots of memory at once. Uh, but that is possible. And you know, sometimes that's the only option that you need and you should, you should use the model on your phone mm-hmm. and train the model on the phone either for security reasons if you don't want it to be you know go through internet and go through some kind of connection or just want to work offline that's why they're trying to improve the hardware to make it possible to um, use the model and train the model right on your device okay you mentioned before uh, biased data Uh, can you explain a little bit what that means yeah, so there are lots of different biases, like it may be uh, related to race or age. Um, sometimes uh, models, if it's uh, poorly trained or trained on that data that has bias, doesn't recognize uh, people of some races or people of certain ages. So that can be a big problem. Mm-hmm especially when people use it all over the world and it brings lots of confusion and it is just uh, upsetting and useless to use a model like that. So if you you build your model using only pictures of your employees uh, and then you roll it out to the whole world and you realize not everyone in the world looks like your employees, right? <laughs> yes. Or maybe okay. you should hire the people with different backgrounds and different races. <laughs> That's another good reason, right? Okay. Yeah, well, again, like talking about, for example, accents. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different accents. And if the model was trained only with perfect uh, British English pronunciation, yeah. that it might not understand people from 
other countries with different accents, yep. even if they speak English, like American English or people from India who also mm -hmm. speak English. And sometimes you hear machine learning going terribly bad or the the results um, or, or the you come up with a model that can be fooled by just a little variation of, of the input or, or well, of course, one part is probably the, the biased data. It won't recognize something that it's never seen before. And, uh, but sometimes I, I hear that if you, you can change a few pixels in an image and it will come out to, to detect something completely different. How does this happen? Yeah, um, I don't have a lot of experience with that. That is more question for actual researchers and data mm -hmm. scientists. They know more about the uh, type of algorithms that they're, they're using and um, data. So that actually comes with experience usually. So when those researchers, they're working with um, some type mm -hmm. of data, like if it's um, image or images, they, they've been working with images, they understand what they need to change um, in order to make it better. But actually recently, um, I know that uh, Microsoft released a responsible um, AI. So that also might be a good tool to see how different parameters are gonna influence the mm -hmm. end result. Okay. So applying the model, this is a sort of a black box, right? You, you input a picture, for example, and you don't really know what's going on inside the model and it just outputs something. This seems like if something goes wrong, how, how do you how do you fix that problem? For if it, for example, it uh, spits out the completely wrong classification for something by applying the model, how, how do you fix a problem like that? So it is this part is kind of similar to um, software development. We, it's important to have uh, logs. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to understand what went wrong. Um, and uh, it's important to provide that option to a um, user to submit a report or submit some kind of information that will help to determine uh, what was uh, wrong, what didn't work, and how it's supposed to work. And based on that information, we can add correct option to the model and then uh, train it with uh, that new data so next time it will it will behave better <laughs> okay so uh, where do you see this whole area going is machine learning just going to get more and more uh, prominent used in more and more places or is there something coming after this do you know where this is heading i can only assume <laughs> Yeah. Well, nobody knows, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is growing and, you know, it's getting more and more accessible, especially for people like me without proper education in machine learning, without um, lots of research experience and data mm -hmm. science experience. It is getting more accessible. Uh, it's getting easy to start learning about machine learning and start implementing it here and there and then um, see how it all works. Uh, so I think that machine learning, what's called industry, <laughs> uh, is going to grow definitely 
uh, we're going to see uh, more and more options and tools created using machine learning and more and more people will be able to actually use machine learning tools to uh, work with data and create the models um, for their specific uh, needs. Yeah. I, I, I'm noticing it's not only being getting more accessible for developers; it's also for the for the users. Uh, I, I'm, it's some, something that people don't seem to um, take big notice of that their phone tells them uh, it's going to take around 25 minutes to get home right now, and this is probably the result of a lot of machine learning. First of all, to figure out where your home is and where you're working. And then also to figure out the the traffic patterns and uh, that the the traffic is increasing or decreasing right now, and what the best way is to to get home. And, um, so it's, it's probably a, a lot of machine learning algorithms working together to present you with a very simple uh, number. This this is how long it's going to take you to get home. Uh, though I'd never told my phone that I'm I want to go home uh, in the afternoon. <laughs> I just figured that out. I, I think the. It, it, this is all heading in the right direction, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see what what the future will bring. Yeah, I hope the future is bright. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you you, I guess there are people that say that this could, I, I mean, a, a true artificial intelligence could also pose risks for people, right? Yeah, no, all kinds of technology can bring risks mm -hmm. if we're not using those technologies correctly they're misused or they're getting in wrong hands so it's not only about artificial intelligence it's about technology or not even technology any kind of uh, things like medicine or biology if it gets out of hands then yeah. it might be dangerous yeah, we mentioned the the face recognition before. That uh, could get very dangerous in the wrong hands, I guess. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to end this on the the slightly depressing note. <laughs> I, I should have stopped before the last question. But thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. And uh, I hope you have a lot of fun in your journeys in machine learning in the future. Thank you. It was great to virtually meet you. I hope we will meet in person sometime in the future. But until then, this has been another episode of Dev Talk. We'll see each other again in two weeks. Bye bye.